Today's Bible reading is from the book of John, chapter 6, verses 1 to 51. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to to do the works that, that God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then would you give that we may see it and believe you? What would you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, 
but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those who has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. At this the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can you now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will, be, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. This is the word of God. Amen. Thank you, um, Maria and Kenny, for reading, and uh, Rebecca for leading in prayer. Let's open in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning again as we come in your word. Prepare our hearts, O God, to receive it and help us to see you more than ourselves. Lord, we acknowledge your spirit as you continue to convict us and help us to grow in your knowledge, O God. Bless this time to share your word. May your name be glorified in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, in the Philippines, um, yeah, we've been, I, me and Emily went to the Philippines last two months ago. We have this uh, famous bread that we commonly serve during breakfast. And um, we also have this in our snack time. And we call it pandisal. And we usually partner it with hot coffee or hot chocolate. And the interesting part of it, we dip it on that coffee, in the hot coffee or hot chocolate. And that is so good. I really miss it. Very satisfying. And it's already a staple food for some. You have that energy to go to work, to go to school. And I think you should try it if you have the chance to go there. And you're going to love it. It's not that sweet. It's not that salty. It's just perfect pandisal bread. So this morning... I'm not going to talk about how are we going to bake pandesal, 
But let's try to understand why Jesus is the bread of life. And that's why we're going to dig in through God's word in the book of John. He must become greater, the bread of life. It's interesting because if you notice, there are two miracles before Jesus answered the crowd. And that he's the, that he's the bread of life. And in order for us to see and understand the whole picture, we should not skip these two miracles before going to study that he's proclaiming and declaring that I am the bread of life. And John, the writer of this gospel, wants to introduce that Jesus is God. He is the Son of Man. In verses 1 to 15, this is a very famous narrative about the feeding of 5,000 men. The five loaves of bread and two small fish. And we can see here that Jesus did a miracle of multiplying the bread and the fish. And the disciples were able to gather 12 filled with leftover bread. The other called it crackers. And what's the reason why Jesus did, Jesus did this miracle? He's not showing off that he has the power, but mainly he saw a crowd coming to him. And Jesus knew that this crowd who was who are coming to him needed something to eat, something that could fill up their stomach, something that could fill up their hungriness. And so Jesus asked this question. Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And Philip, one of the disciples, trying to figure it out how much it would cost. He was so worried about where to get that much. And probably Philip felt discouraged and shocked. Can you imagine? Thousands of people are following you. And you, go, you are going to prepare something food for them to eat. And you need time. You need budget. You need to prepare just to feed this big crowd. But the interesting part is in verse 6. He asked this only to test him. For he already had, had in mind what he's going to do. Before Philip or the other disciples started to freak out, Jesus is trying to test their faith. What will be the response to that need? What will be their attitude? And how are they going to solve the problem? But thanks to Andrew, he found a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. And even though um, he tried to help give a solution, he still had that kind of doubt and saying, but how far will they go among so many? In other words, the disciples were complaining and doubting Jesus. It's the same story where Moses and the Israelite people are complaining and grumbling when they are in the wilderness. As I quote in Exodus chapter 16, verse 3, the Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, 
I will rain down bread from heaven for you. And the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. We can see here a Moses theme of manna coming down from heaven. And maybe you're wondering how it's going to be like kind or similar or relate to our text today. If you look up in verse 4, the Jewish Passover festival was near. And what is Passover? Just to review for the sake of those who don't know, what is Passover? Passover is a Jewish festival celebrating the exodus from Egypt and the Israelites' freedom from slavery to the Egyptians. The feast of Passover, along with the feast of unleavened bread, was the first of the festivals to be commanded by God for Israel to observe. So, this time, it will make sense to us that Jesus connected this event to the coming Passover festival so that they will clearly see and understand the true meaning of it. But there's still a problem, and we can see that later on. And to make the story short, Jesus took the bread, he gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated. As much as they wanted, they eat a lot, and he did the same with the fish. Jesus provides the need of the people because he has compassion. He loves these people. He showed care of these hungry people. And so Jesus demonstrated that he has the power to multiply. He has the power to create. And he has the power to provide their physical needs. And nothing could possibly argue or debate on that event because there were thousands who witnessed and participated in this miracle. It's not just Jesus and the disciples, but with thousands of witnesses. This is very interesting. This is the only miracle that a great number of people were involved. The previous chapter is just Jesus and the sick lady or the sick man. But this time, Jesus in front of thousands of people doing the miracle. On the other hand, Jesus is teaching the disciples to trust in him because he is greater than their needs. Jesus is teaching them to look and seek the provider, not the provision. And sometimes... It's the same thing we can relate to. We tend to seek the provision rather than the provider. We are encouraged this morning to look to Jesus who is greater and above our needs and circumstances. I'm not saying that we should not work anymore and we just trust in the Lord the rest of our life. Yes, we need to work. We need to feed our family to help others to, to share the blessings, those who are in need. And even in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us to trust Him, saying, Give us our daily bread. He's our great provider. But, there's a but. Take this as a warning, my brothers and sisters. The bread that Jesus provided to the crowd is temporary, and that bread will perish. 
They will be hungry again for the next day. In other words, things in this world will never satisfy. The food we eat, the clothes we wear, everything will change and pass away. It will deceive us. And while you are seeing these things, there's a temptation that we might doubt God's promises. We might complain and grumble to God because we are discouraged and we are overwhelmed by our situation. We try to calculate things. We try to find the best solution to our problems. Like Philip and Andrew. Yes, that's not bad at all. God gave us the knowledge and wisdom on how to live and survive in every single day of our lives. He gave us the strength to face those battles within and outside. But remember this, before we even doubt and complain to God, He already knows what's inside of our heart and our mind. The very point here is that no matter what is happening around us, either we feel good or bad, our attitude should always look to Jesus rather than to the things in this world that will never satisfy our emptiness. Our attitude shall always look to Jesus, who is greater and above what we really need for. Look to the provider, not to the provision, because He is the great I Am. Now, as we move on to verses 16 to 24, it's just a short event. But we can see here a very important event, very significant event. A miracle where Jesus walks on the water. But before that happened, once again, the disciples were in a situation where their faith is tested again. As they were setting off across the, crossing the lake of Capernaum, a strong wind came and the waters grew rough. It looked like there's a storm. There was chaos around them. They were frightened and they were all scared. It's so interesting. Most of them are fishermen. But they're all still scared and frightened because of that storm. And for sure, Jesus saw them far from behind. And he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Such a power that calms the storm and restores the chaos. Again, Jesus showed his, his disciples that he has the authority over nature and creation. And we can see here another Moses theme when talking about water. Remember the times when the Egyptian army, the chariots, were chasing the people of Israel, but then the people, the Israelites, they were so terrified because they cannot, they cannot cross anymore because they are facing the Red Sea. But Moses answered the people in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. And it happened. The people of Israel were saved. Jesus knew their fear, but he rescued them. He protected them. It is I do not be afraid. Another significant part that Jesus, that I, is the same person who spoke to Moses in the burning bush saying, 
I am who I am. It is I, meaning I am who I am, meaning I am God. Jesus is God. As Jesus walks on water, it signifies that I am God over this nature and creation. I am God that created you in my image and in my likeness. As John introduces Jesus in the beginning, don't forget this, in chapter 1. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Uh, In him was life. But still, we could see the real heart of the problem of the disciples. After the, the storm was calm, they were able to reach to the other side of the lake. And according to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 52, For they had not understood about the loaves, Their hearts were hardened. And as we move on to our last point and to the rest of the verses, Jesus addresses the inner problem of the people and starts to reveal himself. Now in verse 26, Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I perform, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. That's really a harsh statement. But the main intention of saying that is because they are completely blinded. Jesus rebuked their unbelief. Jesus showed to them the contrast between the things that are temporary and the things that matter for eternity. Look at your Bible in verse 27. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. And Jesus declared that he is the bread of life three times. In verse 35, in verse 41, and in verse 48, he is the bread of life. It looks like you do not see, you do not get it. I did this miracle with you. In verse 36, you have seen me and still you do not believe. And as Jesus continued by saying that there is a purpose, why I am with you, why I'm showing these things to you, so that you will believe in me and you will have fellowship with the Father. And the promise is in verse 40. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up and believes in. And I will raise them up at the last day, rather. Jesus confronted the crowd that He is greater than Moses. He is greater than their forefathers. It wasn't Moses who gave you the bread, but it was my father who gave you the bread from heaven in verse 32. And while Jesus is saying this, of course, the Jews were offended when they heard it and started arguing, grumbling each other. They cannot accept the message. Jesus is exposing their hypocrisy. They accept the miracle, but not the miracle worker. They accept the miracle, but denying the miracle worker. 
They reject him. They reject Jesus and not what he did. And Jesus revealed the stubbornness of the human heart in verse 66. Look at it. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. It's a very sad. Jesus is offering a bread that will not perish. He is the bread of life. Not just life on earth, but giving us the eternal life. Jesus offers himself as the bread of life so that everyone will be satisfied and will never go hungry. He alone can satisfy our emptiness. And how will I do that if I will ask myself? Come to Jesus. Believe in Him. And now we have the Bible. Allow the Word of God to feed us and let it grow in our hearts. Allowing the Word of God to change us so that we could fully obey and follow Him. Allow Jesus to open our spiritual eyes so that we can see the things that pleases Him and for His glory. God is not mainly looking at what possessions do we have, but He is more concerned with our spiritual needs. The Bible is telling us that even though we have all the things in this world, it will never satisfy And we are completely missing the point. And Jesus is our best example in this. In Matthew chapter 4, the tempter or the devil came to Jesus and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered and quoted from Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is a challenge for us, especially when we are walking with the Lord for so many years, that we should continue to feed our spiritual life, not just our physical body, not just taking care of what we eat, what we wear. Let's not be complacent in our walk with Jesus because. That, that would often lead and change our attitude to the very, of, the very word of God. It replaces the joy of receiving the word. It leads us that sometimes we are not interested anymore in God's word. We are lazy to open and pray. The fire and passion of learning his word is it's like getting cold. And sometimes we start grumbling and complaining against God. Let us be aware of it. Let us check our appetite. Am I feeding my mind, my heart, my soul with God's word or things in this world? If this is your first time to hear that Jesus is the bread of life, then come and believe in Jesus. He alone can satisfy that spiritual hunger. He alone can fill that missing hole inside of us. Do not miss the opportunity to believe and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are not in a wrong place. You are in a community that looks unto Jesus. Give time to know more about Him by reading His Word. And that's why we have links. We have Bible study to help each other grow in God's Word. And John, the writer of this gospel, clearly says, In order for us to have life, 
believe in Jesus. My dad was a good provider to our family. There was no incident where we don't have food on our table. We really look up to him because he's a good father to us. He's a good provider to us. But then I should not replace or forget God's sovereignty and faithfulness, who is the main source of our need. I should be grateful for all the blessings that I receive, and I must continue to put my faith, to put my worship to Jesus. I should remind myself that my priority, my energy, my time should not be consumed by the things that will perish instead of the things that matter for eternity. Let's try to evaluate ourselves and what are the things that harden my heart, things that hard for me to believe and allow Jesus to speak through His powerful and mighty Word. And that's the bread of life. Look unto Him. Look to Jesus who gave us eternal life. And I hope that this message, as we end this sermon uh, series in the book of John, that He must become greater. Let us remind ourselves, the Lord, You are greater than my needs. You are greater than in my career. You are greater than in my families. You are greater in my achievements. And I will continue to look to You and seek on You. Once again in John 6.35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He is, Jesus is, our bread of life. Let's pray. Thank you, God, this morning. Thank you for your reminder. Thank you, God, for offering your life to us, that you are available, that we can go to you, that we will be never hungry again. You are our bread of life. Thank you for dying on the cross so that we will be saved. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing yourself that we can come and believe and put our faith to you, God. Lord, as we come to you and look to you, speak to us, O God. Change us, O Lord. Remove the things Harden our hearts. Help us, O oh God, to hold on you rather than things in this world. Help us, O oh God, to, to continue to put our worship, our priority into your name. May your name be continued to be magnified and be lifted up in our lives. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen.